We're in the fifth week of a message series taking a long look at who we are. About 20 years ago here at Nativity, we struck out on a different path because we believed that what we were doing wasn't working. So we set out to develop a deliberately different culture and way of doing church. As a result, not immediately and certainly not easily, but eventually and with effort, we saw God's blessing in terms of growth and health. In the course of this series, we've looked at some essential elements of our culture and what we value as a parish. These are things what we either put a little more emphasis on than perhaps other Catholic parishes do, or things we think have been lost in Catholic culture that need to be restored, or things we've discovered that work well elsewhere. We decided to do this series at this time because we're meeting so many new individuals and families joining us here on Ridgely Road or online who started attending Nativity online during COVID. We think this series will be a helpful introduction for them. At the same time, we hope this series will be a welcome refresher for parishioners who've been around for a while, bringing perhaps some new insights into why we do what we do. We've already covered a few topics. We looked, for instance, at our emphasis on Scripture, because to know God's Word is to know God. We talked about how we strive to keep things simple, We have a simple mission, a simple vision, an entirely simple strategy for helping people go deeper in their faith. You can read all about all of that on our website. We looked at our focus on the lost, the lost. That's what Jesus called people who are disconnected from God and the family of faith. And last week, we looked at living in victory, living in the victory of the resurrection that has been won for us by Christ. Today, we're looking at something that we've learned by studying other churches and also examining ourselves and our own culture, but it's something that's been around church world for a very long time, really since the church was established in the first century. To do it, we're looking at a passage from St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, which was today's second reading. You know, Paul went on three major missionary journeys, and on these journeys, he would go into a city, and he would preach and teach about Jesus to the pagan populations there, often introducing them to Jesus for the very first time, and eventually small communities of Jesus' followers would form, meeting in the homes of believers. These were the very first local parish churches. Then Paul would move on. However, in many instances, he wrote to the church that he had established, and these letters form a good portion of the New Testament. Paul wrote about Christian Jews and doctrines. He responded to particular issues or problems in the community, and he provided basic instruction and guidance on Christian living. So Paul visited Thessalonica 
a bustling seaport city in what today is Greece, around the year 50. Subsequently, he wrote two letters to the church there. We're looking this morning briefly at the second letter where he wrote this. We instruct you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus to shun any brother who conducts himself in a disorderly way. So what's he talking about? Well, Paul says that he wants the leaders of the community, the pastors, to call out and correct all those who are disruptive to the life of the church. You know how one must imitate us, for we did not act in a disorderly way among you. On the contrary, in toil we worked. So Paul says that he gave the Thessalonians a good example investing heavily in their community as a way of encouraging the whole congregation to do the same. He goes on. We, want, we wanted to present ourselves a model for you to imitate. In fact, when we were with you, we instructed you that if anyone was unwilling to work, neither should that one eat. The early Christian community was exemplary in taking care of their members and sharing with one another, even in terms of sharing their possessions and taking meals in common. Unfortunately, some people took advantage of that goodness and those blessings, which in turn inevitably led to problems. We hear that some of you are conducting themselves in a disorderly way by not keeping busy, but minding the business of others. Some pe such people we instruct and urge to work quietly for Christ. You know, if you're in any kind of community club, association, or group, and you're not contributing to the group, that doesn't stay neutral. That, that never stays neutral. It morphs into something else. Sooner or later, it becomes so, something else, and oftentimes it becomes disorder, dysfunctional. That's what was happening in the church in Thessalonica. This letter from Paul would have been written, would have been read out loud as the Christian community gathered for their Sunday assembly, in other words, at Mass. So Paul is publicly calling out people who weren't really making a positive contribution to the community. And he's saying, if that describes you, it's time. It's time to get on board. You know, the culture of uh, any parish can easily be or become consumeristic. And that's where the culture will start, and that's where it will stay if left unchecked. And that was true here for sure. When we first came to Nativity, we engaged Georgetown University's Kara Center to conduct a survey of our parishioners to try and understand where we were at in terms of attitudes toward the parish and what exactly we were working with. When asked the reason that they chose to come to Nativity, far and away, the number one response, and there was no close second response, far and away, the number one response, why have you chosen Nativity? 
was convenient parking. <laughs> the majority of people came to this parish because of convenient parking. When a church culture becomes consumeristic, when it has too many people who just take from it, when the many enjoy the hard work of only a few, that parish is unhealthy. Eventually, it will lose its impact, enter a period of decline, and probably one day, sooner or later, die. It's estimated that in this country, every year, between 6,000 and 10,000 churches close annually. Every church has three categories of people in it. First category, people who benefit from some feature of the church, people for whom the church culture or schedule or programs or services works for them. In some way, at some level, it just works for them. Whether they like the music or appreciate the convenient parking, they're consumers. And just for the record, we all start out as consumers. Second category, people who believe in the church's mission and vision enough to make an investment in it. Third category, people who are willing to sacrifice for it. People who are willing to give and serve at a sacrificial level. Healthy church communities are full of members who make meaningful or sacrificial contributions. Now, allow me to say, if you're new to our community or coming to church for the first time or the first time in a long time, we invite you to do nothing. Nothing at all. We invite you to sit back, relax, take your time. We want Nativity to be a safe place for people to come back to faith at their own pace. By all means, join us here on Ridgely Road or online for Mass. Make full use of our kids' programs. Enjoy the cafe. It's okay to simply receive the blessing of others' contributions. But... Eventually, for your personal faith and for the health of our parish, there has to come a time when you move from consuming to contributing. The culture we work to create is a culture of committed Christ followers who exercise their commitment by contributing. It takes a community of contributors to reach the lost. It takes a community of contributors to accomplish the vision we have for this church, to be a church that people who don't like church like. It takes a community of contributors to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and it takes a community of contributors to help other churches do the same. The health and well-being, the vitality and success of this parish depends upon a healthy culture. And a healthy culture absolutely depends on the contributions and engagement of our members. And that's why we talk all the time about STEPS. We call them STEPS because it's an acronym, but it's also about a journey. Following Jesus is a pilgrimage. We keep taking steps because we know we're not there yet. We have further to go in our relationship with the Lord. Steps, serving in ministry or missions, tithing and giving, engaging in a small group, practicing prayer and sacraments, and sharing your faith. 
That's the engagement. That's the contribution that we're looking for from our members. Throughout the year and at different times of the year, we focus on different steps. At this time of year, we always highlight tithing and giving. Tithing means giving 10% of your money back to God as an act of worship. We say tithe as a way to help you keep in mind the standard established in the Bible and confirmed by Christ. But we don't expect people to start out tithing. We do, however, encourage you to consider the four P's of giving. That's what we call it, the four P's of giving. Be intentional in your giving to the parish. Don't just give as an afterthought. Then, then make giving to the church a priority in your budget. In planning your budget, consider your giving first of all and above all. If you struggle with budget and finances, we can help you out there. Check out our Financial Peace University on our website. It starts in January. Next, keeping in mind the biblical standard of the tithe, choose a percentage to give back to God. Even if you start with 1%, even if you start with a half of 1%, pick a percentage. Pick a percentage because we believe percentage giving is the game changer when it comes to giving in faith as well as growing in faith. And finally, look to progress in your giving, growing your percentage year after year while budgeting and spending in ways that actually allow you to do that. Next weekend is our stewardship weekend, the one weekend of the year that we ask you to make a financial commitment to the parish. So, over the next week, I invite you to do three things in preparation for Stewardship Sunday. First thing, identify what percentage of your income you're currently giving to the parish. You should know that. Second thing, pray about what God is calling you to give in the year ahead. If you're married, discuss it with your husband or wife. Sometimes couples don't give anything because they can't agree on what to give. If that's you, Take time to talk about it. Third thing, fill out a stewardship card with a commitment God is calling you to give in the year ahead. The card can be your plan for giving. We'll be distributing them after Mass. Take one home, fill it out, bring it back next week. You can also find the card online. For those of you who currently support our parish and contribute financially, thank you. On behalf of all of us, thank you. Your giving makes all of this possible. This only happens because of your giving. For those of you who have been coming for a while in person or online and haven't yet joined our team, can I invite you to take this opportunity, this Stewardship Sunday, to do so. Maybe it's time. It isn't so much about money. It's about the heart, your heart. Jesus told us, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Wherever you put your money, absolutely, positively, your heart will follow. It isn't so much about the money. It's about your heart. We want your heart. 
Hey everyone, thanks for watching with us today. Hit that subscribe button right now so you don't miss a single thing. You can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples simply by sharing this video. We are so grateful you're part of our community.